1: Monday. Let's see, I'm not sure if Miss Rihanna was coming on for a few seconds, but if not, Hello. we left her chill tonight, and I'm going to take the helm and take off with it. So we're so happy to be right back here tonight on Marvelous Monday. I think I heard somebody in the background. Miss Rihanna, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Oh, hi there. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? That's our special guest. And so we're going to bring her in just shortly. But uh, we're going to do a little housekeeping. We're so happy to have a very, very special guest on with us tonight. But first of all, let's see if our co-host is out there. Mr. Arthur, are you there yet? Okay, he should be coming in shortly. Mr. Anna is not going to be with us tonight. But it's and it's always a sad time when she's not going to be with us because she brings so much to this show, and to all the shows because she is amazing. But we're letting her rest so that it's almost that time for the little one to come, and we're just excited about that. So we'll see how much more time we have before that announcement is made. But Miss Brianna. Uh, Bria, I think is how she pronounces her name, Hamilton. And this young lady is really, really a special young lady for me because she is the daughter of a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, the uh, Professor LaRonda Hamilton from Tyler Junior College over there in the Criminal Justice Division. This is her daughter that we're going to hear about uh, tonight, and she may um, get started shortly. But uh, as you're talking, Ms. Hamilton, our co-host mate, the other, Mr. Arthur Fleming, may come in shortly and announce himself. How, you doing? How
2: you doing? There How
1: you doing? he is. There he is. How are you? Good evening. Happy marvelous Monday. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing just fine. I hope everybody is also.
1: Everybody is doing good. Ms. Rihanna is resting because you know that time is almost here for her so we want to make certain that she gets all of the rest she needs in order to be ready for that uh, cesarean section so that we can bring forth that beautiful, bouncing baby, healthy baby boy. And, and it's mm-hmm. coming very soon, Mr. Arthur, very soon. But tonight, yep. uh, go ahead, go ahead.
3: not said, not amen.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes it is. And I, I know she'll be very happy uh, to get all that behind her and get the baby boy here. But uh, tonight, let me me just tell you that we have a very special guest on with us tonight, and we may have some others that may come in a little bit later on. As you know, this is election season, so let me just push this out there before we get started, Mr. Arthur. For those out there who may be listening that is not registered to vote, and it's just hard for me to believe that there's very many people left out there who have not registered uh, to vote. It's very crucial uh, that uh, that we get people to the polls so that your voice can be cast. Uh, I say that if you don't cast that voice and that vote, then there's no reason to complain, right, Mr. Arthur? So why would you complain mm-hmm. if you're not work to make a change, make a difference. The latest that you can uh, register to vote is, is the 5th of October uh, for the November election. So we're still out there pushing and pumping and pulling so that uh, people will get to the polls to vote. As well as, if you have not filled out that census report, by all means do that because that is so crucial uh, that determines whether we have another congressional seat uh, in some areas of the country, and particularly I'm talking about East Texas, and um, it also gives us adequate amounts of funding so that we can have r- roads and bridges and and uh, school many all of the things that we need in order to function as a community, as a city. We need those funds. So it's imperative that people fill out those census reports so that we can know exactly how many citizens we have in our communities. And Mr. Arthur, I'm actually going to be doing an um, advertisement uh, for the census that's coming up very, very soon. So we will hear more about that later on. So with mm-hmm. that being said, we're ready to get going. And so we want to introduce our special guests for the evening. I'm going to allow her to just come on in and tell us exactly who she is and what she wants us to know, and then we're going to start uh, off and uh, interview her and find out more about uh, what she's going to be involved in and how we can help to push her forward. Ms. Hamilton, go right ahead and introduce yourself to us and tell us what you want us to know about you and your profession and what you're doing so forth, and then we'll move over into what your goals and aspirations are. Go right ahead. All right.
4: Um, I hope everyone's doing well tonight. Um, My name is Bria Lewis. I am 23 years old. I just recently, well, I guess you can say recent. It would be a year on the 17th. uh, I recently graduated from Stephen F. Austin. I majored in uh, fashion merchandising, and I minored in mass communications. Um, I'm kind of getting to that age where I'm really um, seeing what I want to be involved in. Uh, I guess you can say as I get older, when I grow up, I can see what I want to be involved in. And I'm kind of noticing where I'm drifting off to, which is uh, focusing with my mass communications minor. Um, I, I want to be in, you know, radio. I want to be on TV. I love dealing with, um, digital graphics. I love dealing with editing videos and um, being in front of the spotlight, you know, whether it's on camera or on the microphone or anything like that. I just, I like to be there. I like my voice to be heard basically.
1: Oh, wow, that's outstanding. I see, that's beautiful. And I'm going to have to get after your mom because she never told me these things about you because we could have already had her on radio, right, Mr. Arthur? We could have already had her out there. Congratulations on your graduation from Stephen of Austin University, a great uh, university here in East Texas. And so, uh, so I, I could have used you yesterday. I actually could have used you today. I actually did uh, some filming of a documentary that's going to be coming out very soon. Spent about uh about almost two hours, probably a good two hours, filming that and talking and talking and getting ready for this uh, documentary that's going to be coming out uh, probably next year. But at any rate, or, or it could be sooner, but uh, – but yeah, that's that's outstanding. So then, now that we know what you, what you want to do in the direction that you're going, have any plans of how how you're going to be able to get there and do that? Uh, what have you? Who have you reached out to? And you did reach out to us. Well, your mom did reach out to us, and so that's great. Are there any other things? and other people in other places and where would you would you like to stay within the east texas area or is there a place that you'd like to move out and spread your wings out to in other parts of the state or and or the country go ahead
4: so right now um like i said i'm just now kind of getting into that mindset of i'm in control of my life you know um I'm starting to take advantage of my stepping stones and you're actually the first person that uh, I've reached out to, to kind of, kind of get, I guess you can say that help to get where I, I can see myself being in life. Um, my goal is to, is to get better with my networking and, you know, start networking in Tyler and start out here and learn as much as I possibly can. And my ultimate goal And dream is to end in the Dallas area. That's where I plan on uh, moving when I finally feel like I'm to that point where I can leave the nest and, you know, leave home and officially make my first big move. That's really where I want to head out. Um, I can see myself working working in that area. I always go down there to visit and I just feel at home when I go to Dallas. I feel like uh, that's kind of where I'm supposed to be at. I don't really know how to explain it But uh, that's that's really what my goal is right now. I started a job, uh, my new job not too long ago, and I feel like that was also a great stepping stone for me just as far as opportunity-wise and teaching me different things, um, business aspects, and I feel like that's a great way to help me kind of push myself to Dallas in another way as well.
1: Sure. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Bree. That's, that's outstanding. And so it, and it's good that you at this stage in your life. You already know the area that you want to live in, which is really, un, really unusual ahead of the curve, so to speak. Have you reached out to anyone to do internships or have you thought about that? Because as you know, internships can turn into careers, right? I always encourage uh, people that wanted to, quote, unquote, get into the political process, political politics, so to speak, specifically uh, political politics. Uh, And I would say to them, like at University of Texas, we had all of these opportunities to – to go to Washington, D.C. because there was a University of Texas there in Washington, D.C. that was started by one of our senators here in Texas, no, excuse me, one of our congresspersons years ago here in uh, East Texas, in Texas. And so so I encourage uh, people who wanted to get into the political process to apply for internships at the University of Texas so that that can carry them into the Washington, D.C. area, even if they just wanted to uh, to get into politics on the local level, because all politics is local, uh, and as well as state and federal level. So have you reached out to anybody, any filming companies? We have several filming companies here, and I can tell you the one that I that I was working with this evening, this afternoon, uh, for the documentary that we were working on, uh, I can connect you up with them, but have you had the opportunity to try to reach out to to anyone, whether it's locally or any place else? Go ahead.
4: I've actually um, really just started my, my search as far as finding an internship that I felt like would work with me. Um, Getting in touch with getting information from you that would be great getting in touch with them that would be great um because I've definitely have been searching i'm still kind of new to the Tyler area, and in a way i I do like to be in the limelight and I do like i want to um I can see myself being on TV and on radio and I see myself modeling, but I do kind of still have that little bit of shyness in me that no one believes that I have, but I really do have it. (laughs) So I'm teaching myself to kind of get out of my bubble and to actually, you know, go to people and you know, ask different people questions and, you know, get numbers from people and contact and reach out. I'm trying to teach myself that because I'm learning that that's literally the only way that I'm going to get to where I want to be. Um, I have to, you know, step out of my bubble and actually network and get contact with people so I have been lately I have been doing my research trying to find a good internship for me because like you said internships can uh, can turn into a job opportunity so I have been
3: yeah.
4: researching
3: on those Brie well, <laughs> sure. how you doing first of all uh, you know, I'm you know good. go how for it uh, yeah 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 so go for it hey, hey look here uh, in the meantime while you waiting for all these things to happen you know, have, have, you, have you began to build up a portfolio? You know, there's a there's a whole movement going on right now that, that you, know, you know, you know, that that, that we haven't seen in a, you know in a while. it's so a while, you know, I, I mean, I would just suggest, and I don't know what you're doing right now, but I would suggest that you start to build your portfolio of some type, uh, whether it be whether it be recording what's going on right now, you know, through whatever medium that you uh, you know want to get into, or or you know, but just go ahead and start building your portfolio. On, 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 you know, it may be in more than one area, but, but, uh, you know, but try, but eventually try to, try to narrow it down. So you're gonna have to, so, so you can kind of focus on what it is you actually want to do, right? <clears throat> you know, because there's, you know, uh-huh. there's a the, the front of the camera, there's a the front of the camera, there's behind the camera, you know, there's different places, you know, in that whole that, di- you know, in that whole media diaspora. So I'm just saying, you know, like, kind of kinda of narrow it down, but go ahead and start building up you some type of personal portfolio I would suggest uh while you wait for that big for that big, you know, breakout.
1: That's excellent. It's actually excellent. Go
4: ahead. I went mm-hmm. to, um I actually just recently did a photo shoot. I had mentioned that um I could see myself modeling and uh sending out my portfolio that way. But I actually yesterday officially Started my hard copy of my modeling portfolio. I've printed out um, a few of my pictures that I've done with photographers and kind of put it in a, a laminated binder so I can actually hand out pictures of myself and go to um, castings, get in contact with different people and agencies. So for as far as that portfolio, I've started that. Um, I'm working on a YouTube channel because I felt like that would be that would be a great <laughs> I guess you can say portfolio as well. Uh, whenever I was in college and my minor, every project that we would do, we would have to put it on YouTube just so that um, it could be seen and it could be graded. So I thought of okay, well, you know, since I want to be on the radio and I can see myself being on TV, YouTube is the perfect way to not only show how I am on camera and you know how I am uh, with speaking, but also show how well I am with editing my videos and editing my graphics. I feel like that's a great way
3: to showcase
4: um, that as well.
3: Yeah, yeah so you nice. could also, you know, you could also, you know, you could also, like I said, if you're going to be doing on TV thing, you could also uh, go ahead and do some stories and take them, you know, and take them to the, you know, to the media sources down there in Tyler and try mm-hmm. to get them to. Really? Either, be, either film them or, or, to, or to put them in the paper, you know. So you can That's do those amazing. type things also to build your portfolio. I, I just happened to have majored in journal, uh, journalism for two semesters until I realized you didn't read. Yeah, until I realized you didn't need a degree to be a journalist. That's yeah, all I'm already. A journalist. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's very good. Those are good. Those are great marketing tips that uh, Mr. Arthur has just given to you. And the the social media platform I think is amazing. Do you have? Do you have your social media all set up as well to put yourself out there? Because that's something free that you could do and, mm-hmm. and people could see all, mm-hmm. all of the time. And, and I, I definitely see you as a person out front. Uh, Mr. Arthur, she's a very beautiful young lady. And so I, and, and besides that, I think she's already told us that she's the out front mm-hmm. young lady and not so much as, as at the back of the cameras uh, filming someone else. Uh, is that right. correct,
4: Rick? Yeah, that, that for the most part, yes. I do like to be in front of the camera, but I also dabble behind the camera as well. Um, I like to be – I'm very I, – I like to call myself very well, well-rounded. well um, I like to be
3: jack-of-all-trades. You, you learn the front and the back. Look here, learn the front learn and the front, back. Learn all the
4: business. Yeah, that's like, – that's, in every aspect of my life back. that I would be <laughs> – you know, I, I can see myself in the business world. I want to, you know, the front hand of the business. I want to know the back end of the business, which is why I said the job that I'm currently at right now is a great opportunity for me because it does teach me back end of the business. Um, I'm not just, you know, in the front of it. I can see everything that's going on and actually understand everything that's going on. Very good.
3: Very good. Hey, Shirley, hey, Shirley yes. I'm going to have to give up one of my axioms. Uh, Maria, <laughs> okay. you should always. I don't care what job you go to, you should come leaving.
1: Come leaving. <laughs> okay. Well, well, that's okay because she's gonna own her own filming company. Mr. Exactly.
3: Exactly. 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 Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. She gonna exactly. have to leave. <laughs> yeah, she won't have to leave <laughs> Cause
1: she's gonna be the big. There
3: piece. we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, tell us more. This is very, very interesting. It looks like that you've already begun to make uh, some steps and some progress in, in marketing yourself to the maximality of, uh, of selling you to uh, the community, selling you to uh, the filming company, selling you to the TV station. That was an excellent uh, suggestion that Ms. Arthur made. And uh, take writing some stories. This is, I mean, what better time now than all of the things that are going on in our country for you to document and place yourself there? And and tell me how then you feel that you fit into, if you do, into the areas and things that that are going on right now. Tell me how you fit in. How you see that you fit in? Oh, I just I just yeah. saw a. Bee- beautiful picture of you in the Rose Garden that was sent by (laughs) somebody very special to both of us. Oh, this is outstanding. I'm going to send it to Arthur as you answer the question that you just because this is an amazing uh, shot of you that needs to be out there in the public. Go ahead. (laughs) Tell us more. Uh, Well, I feel like
4: especially the age that I'm at and the generation that I live in, um, I feel like what's going on now is, is it's something that's somewhat in a way needed for this generation. Um, I feel like the generation that I live in, we're not, we're not used to this as such up close and personal to us. Um, Of course, we'll see it, you know, on TV and it's, or it's a documentary of something that happened, uh, I guess, a long time ago or something like that. But the fact that we're currently living in it and we're so young, we're in our twenties and we're going through something that our, our grandparents and great grandparents had to go through. I think it's good to have a voice that it relates to you and and can kind of I guess give eyesight to what's really going on and, and from a perspective that you can actually understand. So you know it's one thing where you're watching the news and you see news anchors talking about it or you know you hear your parents talking about it or you hear, you know, who's older older than you talking about it. But hearing is your peer hearing someone actually your age that's discussing what's going on and that's getting deep down and personal with what's going on for a way for you to understand I feel like needed because a lot of a lot of this generation really think they really know what's happening uh, what's going on around us and I think that Mm -hmm. we do for people who are our age that can kind of relate to us and 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 I like I said, be that light for us, you know, and, and explanation, and um, I feel like that's needed with this generation, right? Okay,
3: hey, so hey, 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 let me say this to Shirley, Shirley, Shirley and I, who, of course, we're just now, we're just now beginning, but anyway, uh, we're, we're 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 creating a uh, you know a group uh, that that's going to be working with that particular issue. Uh, uh, it, it's going to be the uh uh basically what we want to do is wanna create an organization that can work with uh uh the, the younger folks to pass on our knowledge. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. uh you know, anything like that right now. <clears throat> but uh we are working on something like that where we can uh interact with the next generation so we can pass on our knowledge in a way that's non threatening and helpful. So, uh, but we'll be telling you more about it. But we'll be, you know, you will hear about us when we actually get it and get it cranked up. So, but we are working with someone. We could do that. We need it. We need some generational organizations, a uh, 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 legacy, legacy leadership coalitions. You know, of people that, where we can come together and, and actually work with y'all, uh, pass on your knowledge. You know, and and uh, so so we can move a little bit faster this time. The technology is going to make it easier for us to transfer yes. over to the mm-hmm. next generation than it was when, when we went through this the last time. Last time we went through it, it was just a big old fight, uh, <laughs> which was you know, which way it was for generations. But now it's a little bit smoother this time. So, and we're going to put some processes in it to make it even more smooth, where young folks like yourself, them, like yourself, y'all can have somewhere where y'all can go to get that kind of mentoring or, or counseling or you know, that type of thing.
1: And, and I'm sure this would be, Mr. Arthur. Uh, she actually is front row center, right in the household, with someone who is doing amazing work. Her, first of all, is retired uh, United States Air Force, and uh, and her mother is. Oh, Air, Ar- Force, Air
2: Force, Air Force. Go ahead. Yes, I, mean, I
1: know, Mr. Arthur. Mr. Ar- excuse me. Mr. Air, Ar- Air, Force. Arthur. Air Force. <laughs> okay, I missed that. What did you say, Miss Bree? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to say that um, to Mr. Arthur that uh, her mother, uh, who is a criminal justice professor, has started uh, a program that you'll hear more about it uh, once it completely gets off the ground. They've already started initiated their initial uh, process of, of starting. It's black law enforcement, and she's pulled together. Amazing group of uh, those blacks who are in law enforcement here uh, in the city, and so we once once she gets program complete to where she wants to to come on this show and talk about it because I, I I'm just so proud uh, to see the work that she's done. So she has she has an excellent uh, mentor that's right there in her home, and that would be her mother. So, but Bree, let me ask you this question now. Uh, you, you talked about the fact that you're interested in uh, video and and that type of thing, and that's great so so if if me as a, Mr. Arthur and I as a company uh, would uh would contact you and say well we want um, we want you to do a video a presentation of, of our company uh, where would you start uh, just lay that out to me?" Uh, so that I would know just exactly whether I wanted to hire you or not uh, to do that can you can you kind of lay that out? Where would you start uh, from that point if we first, said we first, once you found out about our company, go ahead, Yes. so firstly, yes, I
4: feel like i would um I would need to to find out more about the company, kind of get you know you guys's vision where where do you want what do you want the video to showcase um What's the, the main, main point that you want uh, people to kind of recognize about your business? Um, we start there just so I can get an understanding of where I need to focus on, um, a focal point of the business. Uh, once I know that, it's just a matter of me trying to it's just a matter of me trying to basically get that on video. Um, the focal point of your business—that's me, me trying to get that on video. Um, me getting B-roll shots of the business, uh, whether it's the building, whether it's you guys in action—it's um, it's showcasing you. The whole the whole point of of you guys hiring me is for me to showcase you and your business.
1: Great, very good. <laughs> I like that. So. So then it looks like then now you know how to lay that out. So, so it looks like that that would be something that you're going to move and do for yourself and then put that out there to whomever that it needs to go out to. And my suggestion also is that you, you go ahead and talk to uh, the television stations. We got three of them right here in the city or the, uh, in the radio stations to include ours. Uh, and And present yourself, lay that video out, lay that uh, those port that portfolio of photographs as as you've already began to do, and then start to massively push it out there. I know that you just recently took on uh, a position, but it doesn't matter. I would uh, because your ultimate goal right is to do just exactly what you talked about doing tonight, and that's getting into the production in the area where your most – where your mind really is, your, your mindset, what you study at Stephen F. Austin University. You ready to get going to that? How have you been able to incorporate anything that you learned at Stephen F. Austin into the present position that you're in right now? Uh,
4: well, uh, my major is fashion merchandising, which is honestly a business degree, but it's focused in fashion. Um, you still learn the business techniques. You still learn everything business-wise, but it's just focused directly on fashion. Um, the business that I – the company that I work with now it's teaching me a different side of business that I didn't know that I actually needed. And so whenever I finally got to come in and I got hired – And the things that they were showing me and the things that they were teaching me was actually kind of familiar because um, I took classes on it. I actually studied it, so it wasn't really a foreign language. There were still a lot of things that I'm learning, and there's still a lot of things that I really wasn't expecting um, going into it. But I'm glad that I wasn't just completely blindsided by the business aspect of it.
1: (laughs) That's great. You know something you just reminded me? That my father used to say to us when we were growing up is that doesn't matter what you studied, doesn't matter what your course of study is in any aspect, from medical to being a, a educator to being a, a career military person, that you need to know business and how, or he said even just to run your household, you need to know how to run a business, even just running your household, because your household is a business, right? Yes. (laughs) So you just pointed that, you just made that very clear, uh, what my father used to say, that you need to know business no matter what you're doing, even in the the particular business that you're in right now. You're strictly in, in business right now, in the business out there, in the big business world. A uh, big fortune 500 company that you work for right now, so it's it's definitely important uh, to know business. Tell us more of your your goals and aspirations. What else do you see that, that you want to do? Uh, from and then and then if you have if you have a set time, uh, because we always talk about uh, short term goals and we talk about long term goals, and and that may be a different time frame uh, for you as for the next person. Uh, usually zero to five uh, is a short term, and five years on up. So, tell us more about uh, when. Well, let's let's look at your short term goals first. When would you like to to make that uh, transition? Uh, or I'm not trying to put words into your mouth. I'll let you put it into us. What is your what What are your short term goals as far as time frame is concerned? Or have you thought that far yet?
4: Um, well, my short term goal—I'm not quite sure if this is short or if this is long—but my mm-hmm. ultimate goal is that I—I I want to be in Dallas by my 25th birthday. I'm 23 right now, and in all honesty, I have to kind of remind myself that I'm doing great for me being only 23. I have to remind myself that I am only 23. I am very still, much still young. But I do want to be in Dallas, somewhat, um, not necessarily established, because even 25 is still very young. But I do want to be where I can, I can see. basically right now I'm sitting and I can see where I have potential. I can see where my roads are leading. I kind of want to be on that road where I know for a fact, you know, I want to be connected with, with a great group, uh, you know, a circle um, that. Helping me, you know, motivate me to get me where I want to be. I want to be attached to a business, you know. I can see myself working with agencies. I can see myself in contact with, you know, um, like you told me to get in contact with TV uh, TV channels down here. I can see myself being in contact, you know, with them in Dallas as well. Right. Um, uh, I also I. I like I said I was a jack of all trades. I do poetry and I do um, a lot of spoken word. Um, I'm artistic. I do paintings. You know, I've I've sold a few of my paintings. I just want to be wow. established, in my talent. Basically, I think that that's a long term long term goal is to be established in my talent. And you if, know,
3: hey, I, hey, I, hey, let me say to you here. And again, you know, with, the me- uh, with the social media, with the social media. Uh, a system that we're in now. Basically, what you basically what you need to be doing, and it's a suggestion, is that you need to already act like you are whatever it is you say you want to be. Uh, the, the, the 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 technology that. is there to you know already do it. So 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 just go ahead and just be what you're gonna be, and then present that. You know when you go for whatever it is you're going for, you present yourself as a as a you not only just as yourself but as but as a brand, as a company, as a whatever it is you're mm-hmm. gonna be. So you wanna be you wanna be able to present yourself as a brand. So whatever you do, make sure that, that make sure it's in the context of presenting yourself as a brand. This is what you get yeah. if you get me. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm, so here what you know, and here it is. Look at it. So you know
2: I'm
3: I have to no do doubt you I I just saw your picture. You're a very beautiful young lady, so I know you're gonna use so <laughs> that part of So, you know, but the other mm-hmm. part still you know, the, the other part you gotta you know, be working at that. So just stay focused. I think you can do it. You know, just stay well, focused.
1: After, <laughs> you can see right now not only does she have the beauty, she has the brains as well. did you just hear all those talents that she laid out and before she ends before we end the show tonight, we hope to hear some spoken word uh, from her. But go ahead, Bree, you were about to share something else with us.
4: I just thought I think it's funny because I was actually sharing with my coworker that the job that I'm in now, I, I call it my first quote unquote "big girl" job, and so <laughs> I think I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm transitioning the way that I think from you know being a child and being in school to actually being in the adult world. So I'm kind of yeah. changing my mind, my my mindset and how I operate to to reflect my brand, like you said. Um, I am my brand, you know.
3: Yeah. If you don't, be, it, 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 if you don't mind me asking, what kind of job you what what, what, what type of job are you in now? The type of job that I'm in now, it's a job.
4: Yeah. It's a corporate job. Don't I don't really want to say
3: what it is, but it All is a, well, it's my first. No, no, no no no, 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 yeah. hey, I don't want to know the name of the company. I just want to know the kind of type of job it is. Is it is it, is it, is it corporate? Is it is it state? Yeah, it's is corporate. It, Corporate. Okay, okay look here. A, okay, okay, let me tell you about corporate
1: Remember, it's a members of Company that she works for.
3: Oh okay, oh okay, let me tell you about corporate. Here's how corporate go. You <laughs> you know you, you know, you beautiful you know, beautiful young black lady, smart child and got all that right there going on. Okay now, corporate looking at you, you are a product, you are a, you, you are a resource. Yeah, uh potentially cheap labor long term. And so that's what he looked at you. I just want you to understand that you, you know. And so basically, you're being uh, indoctrinated into the corporate system, which is basically they got this ladder and and your desires to climb it, so forth and so on. And so basically, you're in the perfect. You look here. You're in the, you're in a perfect job uh, that fits my axiom. You need to come leaving and and it sounds like you are doing that cuz that's what you need and that's what you need to be doing you need to come mm-hmm. leaving that, uh, that's, and, and don't drive, and if you're and don't come to work in on no new car <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, i definitely you, call this we we'll yeah, we'll <laughs> we're going to have that conversation with you offline <laughs> <laughs> off off why we have too many people listening so we have we'll, that's the one, one conversation that that we will have. <laughs> you talk to a lady?
3: You talk to a lady about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, Miss Bree. Okay, so you're you're interested in filming, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if I said, if I give you an assignment tonight and, and I'd say uh, to Ms. Bree, I, I want you to put a film together, uh, and, but I'm not going to give you a, a, a text. I'm not going to give you a subject. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what would you like to film about? What issues that you see that are going on, uh, whether it's past issues, whether it's something in the future, uh, that may take place, uh, or you, just something made up. But and you can look at you can look at issues that we are experiencing now, or in the past, or whatever. But what would your topic be? You can give it a few seconds to think about it. Uh, but what would your topic be? And I'll use as an example. I'm I'm um, I'm a certified uh, breast cancer researcher. So, obviously, I'm very interested in women's health, uh, breast cancer in particular. I used to do breast cancer research for the military. I did it for University of Texas, uh, in particular for uh, women of color, African-Americans in particular. So, if I gave you an assignment, Mr. Arthur and I said, we want you to go in out there and do a film for us and put it together and bring it back to us, so forth and so on. And then, uh, obviously, you may want to sell that film Uh, and make a lot of money which you could what do you think your subject would be what is your interest I know that you're interested in fashion merchandising all of that I I get that that was your major so forth and so on but what particular issue it could be a social justice issue anything what do you think uh, what do you think your interest would be
4: so off the top of my head, the first thing that
1: comes to mind is
4: honestly the transition from college to the adult world because it's, it's talked about, but I don't think it's actually talked about in depth of how it really feels, and especially right now with everything that's going on, you know, we're having to transition into this adult world. Um, during a pandemic, during racial tension, during, it's, it's a lot going on. And we're, we're you know, having to change our, like I said, that I was basically uh, rebranding myself, I'm remolding my mindset. A lot of, you know, my peers and, and those in my generation, we are making this transition with a lot going on around us. And I don't think, we kind of get a chance to voice that. I don't think we get a chance to really express our opinions about it. You know, granted, you have those who graduate college who know exactly what they want to do. They have every step of the way already lined out in detail. They know, you know, every every plan, they have it planned out. And then you have people who are, you know, similar to me who aren't 100% sure what they want to do. Um, they don't really have a surefire, set, written in stone plan. They're just kind of trying to figure it out still. And I don't think we have enough people who are open about that. So I would want to, I would want to document that because I do know people who are. Um, very appreciative of whenever I kind of I talk about it on my social media, they're appreciative of it because they see that, okay, I'm not by myself. There is someone else who doesn't really know what they're doing right now in this transition period. And I want I would want to make a documentary about that. That's just showing others that it's okay, You know, we are going through a crazy period in our life. But at the end of the day, uh, what's for us will be for us.
3: Bria, hey, hey, Bria, so
4: what?
1: What are
4: we waiting hey, for
3: to get, go and get that document uh, started? Let Let me I give Bria some text, some context. I want to give a little context on what she just said
4: <laughs>
3: because you know, cause, okay. you know, she young and she twenty two. But, but you know what? Like she she, she grew up uh, in her teen years when she had a you know, she had a black president almost the whole time, almost the whole time. And so mm-hmm. and so Bria, I want to tell you where you at. Here, where you at? Uh, we're in a third Reconstruction. The first one was after the Civil War, okay. Uh, then the Klan showed up. Then we got to the 1920s. We did we, we did some great things, and uh, but then you know uh, 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 you know the, the the Klan showed up. Woodrow Wilson got in the White House, whatever. Then we moved forward to the civil rights movement. Now the civil rights movement, we got Barack Obama, but and, and so now we got. But as a backlash, we got Donald Trump. And what Donald Trump did for me as a civil rights person that worked in the field, he explained to you your real position in America better than I could. Because if it wasn't for him uh, doing his crazy, I'd have to be trying to explain to you because you'd be telling me, well, you know, stuff really ain't like that no more. But since he's here, he's made sure that you know that. So now he's educated. Your your generation uh, is going to be more knowledgeable about you, you're a real standing American than, than any other black generation before, because you got you got the technology, you got you're smart, you know you know, and, and you want and you want fairness, and so uh, and so that's a heck of a combination. So I'm I'm just excited about you know about child generation, uh, you know, okay, now you, you know you got your cell phone, so anything you want to know, that you just ask your phone, it's right there, In the basket. If you're wondering about something, just ask your phone. Now, I had to go to the library and actually go through <laughs> the books and read it all. But you can just ask your phone. So all I'm saying is tell your friends to ask their phone.
1: Okay. okay, great. Thank you, Mr. Arthur. And in conjunction with that, and he's right, we we went to the library, went through the card catalog, found the books, went to, went to the shelf, found the books. Checked it out, carried it home, read it, bring it back—all of that, which was a great experience because it it taught um, structure. But but I want I I love what you had to say about where you are and where the young folk are, and even where some uh, some not so young folk are doing this COVID uh, pandemic. So I clue you if you put that. In a film that you just talked about, doing and interviewing people and see uh, how they are adapting uh, to this what I what we call the new normal, uh, how they're doing mentally, how they're doing physically, what they're doing in order to keep themselves away from uh, uh, getting COVID nineteen. Those who have gotten it, uh, you may telephone to them. Well, well, you may have to do this telephonically. Period. Anyways. Uh, unless you could really work at that social distancing. And as Mr. Arthur mentioned, you have your cell phone, and we can take that cell phone, that smartphone, and film, uh, and, and just do anything that you need to do in order to get where you need to be. So now that you know that you're dealing with this issue, I would document, document, I would make that a film, a video. And you would be surprised what you could do with the low cost video Uh, sending it to the newspaper people you can send it to the tv people this is what i see out in my community document my next question is do you journal i do i do
4: journal um my mind is constantly racing so i have to put it somewhere
1: (laughs) there you go I like that. You have to put it somewhere. Huh? So you put it on a piece of paper. <laughs> yes, right. So, which means that someday that could become a what? What could that become someday? It could become a uh, book, could Yes. Yes, it could become a book. Tell us more. I mean, this is very, very interesting. I love the fact that you have your goals and your aspirations all outlined the way you do at such a very young age. There's so many people uh, much older than you that have no idea what directions that they're going to be going into. And but you have this thing all laid out. It looks like that you have really had a great, and you have a great mentor already. I know that, and that would be your mother, and then that great form of education that you got from Stephen F. Austin University. Uh, tell us anything else that you'd like for us to know, and the people that are listening out there, of, of where we can expect Miss Breed to go from here. Go ahead. Yes,
4: I do. I definitely am thankful for my mom because I always say that without her, I honestly don't know where I would be because for starters, she was the reason why I wanted to finish school because I felt like school was not for me at a point. I honestly was fed up every semester. I was ready to come home. I was wow. done for it. Every semester, my mom was like, no, so freshman year, I wanted to quit. I just wanted to throw in the towel. And my mom's like, no, you know, hang on. Everybody has, you know, a rough freshman year. You're just transitioning from high school to college. You'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll be okay. okay." And then sophomore (laughs) year came. I'm like, I can't do this. And she was like, no, you're just at year two. You know, if you you don't feel, if if you still don't feel, you know, like school is for you after year two, then we can talk about it. I'm like, okay, great. So, got to year three, I'm like, mom, I really, I can't do this. Like, this is too much for me. I don't even know if this is what I really want to do in life. And she's like, well, you already made it through three years. You might as well finish the fourth year and just go ahead and get the degree. (laughs) Point. It would have been insane for me to quit. I was like, okay, let me go ahead and get my degree. And I'm so thankful for it because I feel like I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I didn't go through that chapter in my life, that was definitely a chapter that I needed. Um, Those four years was definitely something that I did need, and I am very appreciative of it and my mom for, you know, pushing me to to actually complete it. Um, As far as it's funny because I do look back on it, and whenever I say I needed it, When I was in the moment of it, I was like, okay, there, you know, what is this actually going to do for me? What am I going to get from this? And then it will be, you know, the most random moment, a quick little moment where I just kind of have this moment of, wow, you know, I know this from school. Like, I feel this way because of what I went
1: through. You know, I
4: needed that experience. And it, it's a great feeling. And so whenever I'm, I'm going through what I'm going through now as far as, you know, establishing myself and becoming I, uh, the new me, basically, I think back at I, w- I wasn't sure, you know, what college had for me and I wasn't sure what those four years really had for me. But now that I see it. So now I just kind of remind myself that that I may not see it right now. I may not completely understand, you know, why I'm at the job that I'm at right now or why I'm doing the things that I'm doing right now. But I do know that it is a part of a plan that I can't see. It is a part of a master plan. Um, I like to write down different goals for myself and actually to look back at those goals and say, oh, my gosh, I really did accomplish that. You know, I wrote it down. I said this is what I wanted to do, and here I am doing it. You know, it's, it feels good, good to
1: look back at that. Oh, very good. That's outstanding. I had the opportunity to be in a couple films, uh, in particular the last one actually uh, was uh, put on by a graduate. She was in her master's program at uh TCU, Texas Christian University, you know, they have an amazing film production, uh, a television, radio, film uh, uh, degree uh, program there in Fort Worth. And so it was, uh, she did it uh, on, it was, um, let's see, about how many of us, ladies, 15 of us that was in the Miss Senior America uh, pageant. I love pageants and I, I love uh, filming and producing. Uh, so I actually was the director of the, started the Miss Black Tyler pageant and then Miss Black Texas State pageant worked with the late Miss Vernell Deli. And so my question that I have for you is, is uh, have you reached out to uh, like the American Black Film uh, Festival? I was able, they did a, a Say Her Name. I'm sure you know the Sandra Bland Case. And so we went up to New York uh, for the uh, opening of uh, say her name, uh, and then carried that on over to a film festival at um, at uh, in Boston, uh, and just really big in seeing blacks getting into the film, whether it's it's from the from producing to just film festivals. Period. Have you been involved in any of the film festivals, and/or have you written to any of the, or have you become a, a member of any of the uh, film uh, film organizations? Well, firstly, it's uh, funny that you say that you
4: were a part of pageants because I was a pageant girl as well. Um, <laughs> I did Miss Black Texas, where I was Miss Black Team Texas first runner up. Uh, wow. I got to do that, that opportunity, but as far as I actually am just now, you know, turning my antennas towards them. I was, um, you know, more so into uh, photography and uh, being in front of the camera um, more so in modeling and being in front of the camera. Now that I am, you know, deciding to work on my YouTube channel and kind of step out into a different, uh, a different aspect of media I, I'm starting to open up those doors now. So I haven't done it just yet, but that's definitely something that I can see myself doing in the near future is getting in contact with with organizations like that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just got a note from somebody that says that we're telling you some of the same things that she has told you. That is so funny. I love it. <laughs> Mom will not misdirect <laughs> you. I do in
3: the right uh, direction. Well, it's good to know that Mom agreed with us.
1: <laughs> Mom, Mom agreed. As, as a matter of fact, we, before the show ends tonight, we'll have to bring uh, Mom in to have a couple of words to say. She's actually been on uh, some of our shows. She's an amazing lady, I, as I said. I love her dearly. But I'm, I'm I'm sending, Mr. Arthur, I'm sending you this beautiful young lady. Mom just sent me more photographs. And let me tell you what, young lady, you are on the ball. And so we're going to be expecting you to be all the way out this time next year uh, when you come back on this show and talk about where the progress you've made from here until next year because you have a, an amazing uh, skill, you have amazing opportunities ahead, and, and somebody is out there just waiting for you to contact them. Uh, to get bring uh, so much to a network, you would bring
3: so much to a uh, film. Shirley, Shirley, which one is the mom?
1: (laughs) You're so (laughs) friendly. As a matter of fact, mom calls Brie her mini-me because they look so much alike. Yes. My mom is the mom, but but mom is well taken care of the military, and mom took good care of herself. because she looks very young. She looks young. Therefore, like her dog. therefore,
3: therefore. <laughs>
1: oh, is that what it was? <laughs> so we uh, uh, have you. Been- <laughs> go ahead. Army. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> she, she did ahead,
4: twenty-one please. years in the army.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. It's Army. You know what? I don't he know was why I thought. I didn't, didn't know you we were the same. Oh, you know, the Army. Okay, so so now let let's get back on track. Army. Yes, okay. of course. She it's it's my okay. friend, Mr. Arthur. That's the Air Force,
3: and so I'm sorry. Okay, Why did I it, so that away it, from it, her? It, we both are. Let me just say this. Although I regret the loss, but she was Air Force a minute ago.
1: <laughs> I
3: doing, I that was good. I like that. Look like I'm look like Army like um, <laughs> took very good care of her. So, Army
1: hey, took excellent care of her. and <laughs> She took excellent care <laughs> of herself. That's that's <laughs> right. Our yeah. uh, mom Mr. Arthur, her mom has been on our, our show uh, when we talked to, talked about uh Vanessa again. Oh, uh, okay. She was on this, yes. So, Brie, have you been in any fashion shows uh, here locally in Tyler? I don't do as many as I used to, but we need to get you into some fashion shows locally. Have you participated in any local
4: ones? I have done a few. I have done a few fashion shows um, here. I think there were, like, a couple back-to-school fashion shows. I've done a wedding expo uh, mm-hmm. fashion show that happens at the Rose Garden every wedding season. Yes. I've done, yes. I've done great. a great shows. In Texture I was the inactive at Stephen Austin. I was the head model in a black organization called Fashion in Motion. Um, It has black models, stylists, black uh, artists, hairstylists, uh, and I was the head model. So basically, I was in charge of training models. I was in charge of making sure models were, you know, walking correctly, uh, making sure basically that they were prepared for the fashion show. And I actually got to do that all four years of my uh, time being at SFA. So I've been involved with a few uh, fashion shows, um, whether it was me actually modeling or if it was me behind the scenes.
1: Okay, so you so so you have been in production of as well. Yes, ma'am. Okay, very good. You are such a well-rounded talented young lady and that's why we have to we have to get your video together we have to get you ready to get out there in the presence in the front of people because you're you're just an act waiting to uh, take over take charge and happen Uh, and so we have to connect you to some people uh, here in tyler texas share with us more anything else that you want us to know I mean I'm so enjoying let's go let's go to your childhood a little bit I always like to uh to focus on childhood what did you like to do as a because you're an only child correct correct I am oh yes okay so what did you like to do grandchild (laughs) and I know your mom is an only child and you're an only child as well
3: Okay. the And Miss Clu-
1: Arthur is an only child as well. Yeah yes. <laughs> Well, that, very good. So I, I'm in. I'm in the company of a lot of, of one one only children. That's that's interesting. My mother, my mother was an only child, and I, let me share this with you before you can share a couple of things with you with us. But my mother was an only child, and so she said that children should not grow up all by themselves. And so there's seven of us. So uh, her uncles were her siblings, so to speak. So, but I bet you don't think like that. Seven, seven was quite a bit uh, in my. Well, let me just say,
3: hey, hey, sure, Sure sure. Let me say this: uh, my grandma and grandpa had 20 kids, and then they raised me too. So I feel you wow
1: yeah so you know no my mother actually had two sets of children i w- i would say i was i was the baby for 5 years and they thought they were done and then uh long came my sister 5 years later and then uh 3 years later was another one and 3 years later so that that's how we ended up with seven uh children oh. but Yeah, but at any rate, it's it's all great. So that's why I said there's actually two sets of us. So, Bree, tell me a little bit (laughs) what you like to do as a child growing up. Did you, uh, because you obviously spent a lot of time playing uh, alone, playing solo. Uh, Mr. Arthur can relate to that. Even your mommy can relate to that. But what are some of the things that that you enjoyed doing uh, as a child growing up?
4: It's funny because I do want a big family. Um, I want, I say I want at least four kids because I enjoy being an only child because I'm a very to myself type of person. But I kind of wish that I would have grown up with siblings just to have that, you know, sibling bond that I see that my friends have sometimes. But I, I don't really complain about being an only child because I like being by myself to begin with. But, I, yeah, I was, I, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, to entertain myself, I, I think that's why I'm a really of a jack-of-all-trades now is because I was always trying to entertain myself. You know, I would literally figure out anything. Um, I was very artistic. I would create things, you know, out of popsicle sticks or clay or Legos. <laughs> at, some, at some point, I thought I was going to be, you know, a scientist. I was always doing experiments and you know, I've always had sewing machine. You know, I used to make little clothes for my doll Hey, hey, to hey
3: Bria, Bria,
1: Bria,
3: Bria, yeah. Bria. That's what I just want to say to your mom if she listening. I think that she probably she, she might could do something about that. You say you don't want to be the only one, mom. <laughs> I no. barely made the cut,
1: so I don't know. <laughs>
4: I barely made the cutoff. She had the age limit for the cutoff and I barely made it. So I think <laughs> she's so funny. She I barely I, <laughs>
1: I barely made it. <laughs> so, barely made. Made it. <laughs> so he can forget. he can forget that, right? Yeah, i do not i Mom is into her complete career right about now. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, it, it's interesting you said that you wanted four children, and and this, that's exactly what my mother said. She wanted four children, two boys, two girls. Well, she had that, and then five years later she had three more. So, um, so go ahead and tell us tell us more. This is very interesting. And and I have a daughter, and she was for five years she was by herself and then I had my son. And so she has some of the same skills and talents that you have uh, because she entertained herself a lot uh, being a, the only child in the house. And so it looks like that that's kind of normal. We'll hear from Mr. Arthur in a second to hear how uh, he entertained himself. of course there was 22 uncles and aunts uh, that he had around. So he probably did not feel like that he was an only child, but anyways, Go ahead, tell us more, Grace. Uh, yes, yeah, so, and then we'll hear from Arthur. Um,
4: my mom always said that I used to bring school home because I used to have my <laughs> imaginary friends that I used to talk to. Um, even now that I'm older, I find myself kind of talking to myself just to kind of process my thoughts out. Still sure. to this day, but I'm. I think I'm. I'm pretty thankful for being an only child because I definitely think that that is part of the reason why I'm so independent now. Um, I didn't really have, you know, my siblings to lean on or anything like that. I kind of, I've always been, so that made me a very independent person and I do appreciate that a lot. My mom really actually plays that as well. So between, you know, me being only child and having, uh, the mom that I had and her raising me
1: so well, its made me yeah. an independent, strong, independent person. That's beautiful. Well, well, let me ask you this before we go to Mr. Arthur then. So based on your, your own experiences, which I know that you're still very young and you haven't had a lot of experience probably in this area, but, uh, but does it seem that filming and, uh, And the theater and all of that is supportive uh, for black females in that particular industry. What are your thoughts? I think now
4: we're getting to a point of where uh, black women are getting the recognition that they deserve. Um, There's definitely, definitely have ways to go with that, but I definitely can see a, a change, a change that's coming Um, As far as the recognition of black women, not even just in film, but just with anything in general, whether it is fashion or business or just anything that, you know, black women are involved in there, I'm starting to see the recognition, you know, being handed to them. And I'm I'm proud of that because that that makes me excited for the future, you know, that it's a slow to
1: come, but it's coming though. Okay, so then I specifically ask you about black women. Now we know that the film industry kind of is dominated by male. So, do you overall, then, with with any ethnicity of women, um, are you would you say it's the same way as what you just laid out, as far as the black woman is concerned, or uh, do you see there's a little slight difference with just women in general and particularly you see more Caucasian women in film than than you do uh, black women or any other ethnic group hispanics asians you see more Caucasian women so what are your thoughts on on that part and women in general black women um i definitely don't think black women
4: are showcased as much as they should be showcased um there's a lot of Talent in uh, Black women, and they they don't get the the fair chance that they deserve, and I think that's very much noticeable. Everyone, you know who has, who has eyes and who you know pays attention to film, and you know pays attention to who gets hired and who doesn't get hired. Um, mm-hmm. Even even I'm I'm not sure, but if you guys know, but even with the controversy as them when they're they're remaking the a Little Mermaid. And they're using Hallie Bailey, who is a black singer. She's one of Beyonce's artists, and they're using her as the Little Mermaid for the live action. It was such an uproar and such, you know, hatred towards her towards her because she was going to be the Lee Road as the Little Mermaid. So the fact that, you know, she becoming the Little Mermaid, a cartoon character caused such an uproar, shows that we have a long way to go with Black women, you know, being in the limelight of movies. You know, they're getting more recognition because we're having to kind of force that recognition. But naturally, Mm -hmm. it's still we have a long way to go.
3: Bria, 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 listen. What it shows you is your power. Show your power. That's your power.
0: Them Mm -hmm. to come out
3: like that. That's your power, Bria. Mm -hmm. So embrace it. Is all I'm saying to you about that. That's your power Mm -hmm. that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Embrace it. It's Mm -hmm. yours.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of that, yeah, good point, uh, Mr. Arthur. Speaking of that, let's 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 move on then and talk a little. I don't know how involved politically that you are and that are going on. Well, let me just put it like this. I, I say this all the time. Everything is political uh, from uh, from Main Street to Wall Street. Uh, you know, from my, our jobs to our classrooms to our uh, colleges to uh, just uh, just everywhere. Uh, it's everything is political. So. So from what you see that's going on uh, in our country today, uh, uh, post-George Floyd, uh, uh, post-are you familiar with the uh, Vanessa Guillen case out there in Fort Hood, Texas? Yes. Okay. So considering all the things that are going on with uh, the disrespect that uh, women endure the disrespect that uh, we've seen with uh, African-Americans being uh, shot in the streets, even from Sandra Bland all the way up to um, Breonna Taylor, Vanessa Guillen. Uh, just people in, in general, it appears that it, the focus is on uh, people of color. What do you see that that you would be able to do Uh, to help to make some changes, the most needed changes uh, that we see in in our country. And particularly, uh, I was asked the question today when um, when we were doing the filming, uh, if I felt that uh, racism uh, still exists uh, in our country. And to bring it locally, uh, they asked me, did I see that it exists uh, right here in uh, Smith County? And so I, I said I would be remiss if I, uh, or naive, and I'm not, uh, to think that um, that in 20, yeah. 2020 in the 21st century that we still that we don't still have uh, racism existing. Uh, if no, we shouldn't. It. Yeah, but but go ahead and share with us what your thoughts are, uh, Bree. And if you if you feel that you've ever experienced. Uh, racism because a lot of our younger ones in your age category uh, didn't feel that uh, it existed.
3: Because, hold up, be, before Bree I answer that because I never get to do my, my thing, but that's what want to ask. One question about her only childism. I just want to ask one question about oh, that. because yeah. my...
1: yeah, uh, we didn't get a chance to hear you talk about yours. So go ahead
3: and then we. We'll yeah, to the yeah. Question. Okay, as, uh, as the only child, growing up with my aunts and uncles, and then only re- realizing I wasn't one of their brothers and sisters later on. Uh, you know, that many people. I had to learn how to share. Like whenever I got I, I got a bicycle once, but we all rode it, right? I mean, it's just an, <laughs> <easy example. laughs> so. So you know so you know so I learned how to share so uh, uh and, and I learned to, to appreciate sharing, but I also learned to appreciate uh not being around you know or just have my own space so you, you so you kind of have the inverted experience you you, you know, you're on child focused on and now you've grown so how do you uh, how do you deal with sharing or uh, how do you understand sharing
4: I am not Uh. at sharing. Um, That's not really my, my, like I said, I'm a very to myself type of person. I've never really had to share. Um, I'm a very territorial person. What's mine is mine. Um, If I don't offer it to you, please don't touch it. Please don't take it. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Okay. that's just how I've been, and I don't ever mean it. I don't ever mean it in a rude way. I don't ever mean it in that kind of way. But literally, that's that's how I've been since I was young, from what I can remember till now. Sharing is not the easiest thing for me. Um, I will do it because I'm a kind-hearted person. I do share. Yeah. I just kind. I just. I don't care to. I don't. I rather not.
3: <laughs> and if you haven't been And, 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 and haven't been raised where I was uh, uh, You know I give away Anything I don't need If I don't need it I can give it to you But if I well, need it I'm going to keep it you know, that, but, 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 you know But if I don't need it That's a good
1: point That's a, a good point if you don't need it you give it away I'm a I'm a giver I, I'm a middle child there's three above me Three below I was much uh, Like Bree as far as being totally independent. I I didn't need anybody to fuss over me. My parents were were a fuss over person. As a matter of fact my mother was so good at making every one of her children feel totally important. I don't know, she just had that skill and that knack to be able to do that. Uh, That definitely took some skill because uh, it's not too many people that will be able to make every single one of her children, seven of us uh, all feel totally important, uh, that special care that she gave, she just, I guess, was born that was one of her skills, one of her talents. But I, I didn't need a person hovering over me. Uh, I was just really independent, knew exactly where I wanted to go, where I wanted to go, when I wanted to go, and how I needed to get there with what I wanted to achieve. So that's interesting. Mm. So, Okay. Back. Anything else about only being an only child from the two of you guys before we move on over to politics?
3: No, we can move on. <laughs>
1: move on. <laughs> okay, Bree, go ahead and answer that question, and, and then we'll talk. We we never end our shows without uh, talking a little bit about world issues and what is going on. Uh, in America, and how we need to get where we need to be, and and of course COVID and how it has affected our lives, and and uh, how we need to get out of this. And then I'm going to ask you a question about uh, and, and you don't have to deal with this right now because you're graduated uh, from college, and of course you, you may be focusing on a master's degree. I'm not sure uh, if that's of interest to you, but. But let's talk a little bit about the political process and what you see as far as racism. If you see any or if you have seen any in your growing up. Uh,
4: Well, well, prior to me working where I'm working now, I worked in a restaurant. And even Mm -hmm. now, I see more Trump 2020 hats than I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I (laughs) deal with entitlement every day, all day. we will be amazed. I deal with... Even with me being so young, I have dealt with it, Um, especially uh, girls that are my age. You know, uh, I deal with a lot of ignorance coming from the different race, not not necessarily intentional racism, but it's just more so racism and ignorance that's been passed down to them, and Hmm. it comes off as, you know it comes off as them, you know, trying to be innocent as far as just, you know, asking questions, but you definitely can see the ignorance behind it. But uh, like I said, I deal with, you know, customer service. I deal with people all day, every day. And you see the amount of ignorance that I see on the basis is it's, it's actually scary because it's people who have, you know they have power. You know they're they're making decisions. You know they're voting, and they're filled with ignorance and they're filled with hatred. It's it's scary, but it also is kind of it, it motivates you to want to, you know, go against that and you want to do your part as far as I guess you can say fighting that ignorance.
1: Oh, very good. That's excellent. So, so how you do know that? A lot of people in your age group uh, did not vote, had not voted during this uh, George Floyd, post George Floyd. Uh, we've uh, we've registered lots and lots of young folk. Uh, some of those young folk are, are much older than you. Even uh, they're in their 30s, uh, late late 20s, 30s, some even 35 and up that have never ever voted before. Some of them look like me and you. So, what, what do you see that you can do to, to help those young folk? And because even though a lot of, of them are involved now, the Black Lives Matter groups, um, a lot of those are Caucasians as well as other ethnic groups, uh, Hispanics. Uh, but what do you see that you can do uh, to, push, to push that issue? of uh, the importance of, of people in your age category uh, to register to vote and not just register because even at that, there are people who are registered but don't go to the polls to vote. They, they register because we may needle them and say look, you need to register to vote and, and vote. Go ahead. I think it's important to let my generation know that their voice is important
4: Um, I think a lot of people that are in my generation, they understand, yeah, I need to register to vote, you know, I need to vote, every vote counts, but I don't think they really understand that every vote counts regardless. Um I think a lot of people think, oh well, I'm young, so it, it's not really important for me to vote you know my mom and grandparents and aunts and uncles they're gonna vote so you know it's okay. Um, I think it's important for my peers to see someone um, their age and in their circle uh, advocating for voting, you know, advocating for going to go register, you know, letting your voice be heard. I think that that's important that's what's needed because you know you can say it all day long you can hear it from your mom all day long you can hear it from you know someone older from older than you all day long but until actually you know everybody that especially my age in my 20s and you know those who are in college still um, I think it's important for them to have somebody who is in their circle who's you know who thinks like them, who moves like them. I think it's important for them to see that person. You know, explaining the importance of voting, explaining the importance of what's going on and how it's going to affect us in the future. I think we need more of that.
1: You're absolutely 100% correct. Tell me what specific issues, because I know you're, you're a recent college graduate, one year, I believe, out is what you said. And from from my my campaigning and Mr. Arthur and I talking to. Uh, young folk out there and seeing what uh, what interests them. they always talked about uh, the expense of college and the debt that they come away from college uh, with. And, uh, and so I, I always say that that we just should not have to pay uh, pay that kind of debt. We shouldn't have to come away with that kind of debt uh, after finishing college. It just it deters you from a good boost, a good start. Uh, in your career what are some of the issues that that interest you that you'd like to see change Uh, and I bet uh, the college uh, tuition and the cost of college may be one of the issues but I'm not trying to put anything in your mouth but just tell me what what are some of the issues that you're kind of interested in seeing some changes and some transitions that's and you can always think about your mother's career too okay go ahead That's definitely
4: a a really big – my children will probably be having to help me pay my college debt off. Uh, That's something that – I remember seeing something where it was saying that, you know, you need – at this point in life, you need a college degree to have some sort of, um, I guess you can say, successful life. Um, If you you want to be, as far as, you know, working for someone else, you need a degree. You need a degree um, behind your name. And they Mm – with eating this they have college basically priced as a luxury you know some people we we have to go to college in order to mm-hmm. make ourselves better. You know, we we need this but it's priced so you know at a at a range where if if you're not a uh, uh, if you're not this successfully overly wealthy person you know you're you're going to walk away with debt that is going to put you deeper into a hole so i just wish that you know, there's something that we can do for that. There's no reason for us to be leaving college at 20, you know, 22, 23, 21, or whatever, with sure. thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. You know, we're, yeah. we're already starting bad. It's almost as if we didn't even get a chance to, you know, we didn't even get a fair fighting chance, you know, graduating college. Um, another thing that I wish that there was more you know notice about is like i said earlier with the whole transitioning from college to adulthood um there's something for people who who know what they want to do in life but i don't think there's that much motivation for people who don't really know what they want to do in life you know whenever you get to that point that you're about to graduate from college everyone's like okay so what are you going to do next you know what are you going to do now what are you going to do now what are you going to do now which is a valid question you know should know what you're going to do. Now. But not everybody does, you know, not everybody is there yet. And I think that you, some people kind of get in in the headspace that, oh, my gosh, you know, I have to know what I'm going to do whenever I graduate. I have to know I have to know I'm going to fail. I'm not going to be successful if I don't know. Instead, of take your time, you know, yes. figure out who you are. I think we talk about uh, you go through puberty in middle school. And But I don't think people know that there's another round of that whenever you're in college and you're about to graduate and become an adult. It's like you're going through a whole new phase of puberty, and no one really talks about it. Uh, it's, it's discussed, but I don't think it's really discussed in a way that it should be. And I, I feel like there needs
1: to be more people who are aware of, of that that's affecting our youth. Okay, so that's excellent points that you're making. So then do you then think that uh, somewhere at around about your junior year or your senior year in high school, I, I, let me just back up to tell you that that at the age of four, I knew what I wanted to be then. And the reason why I know what I wanted to be is because even with my dolls, I I – I took their temperature. Uh, I asked for uh, for a nurse's kit. uh, When I was a young girl growing up, and I I tried to push that nurse's kit off onto my daughter, and she, which the nurse's kits were big white white kit, right? But the doctor's kits were the big black one, much larger than the nurse's kit. She didn't want that nurse's kit. She wanted that that doctor's kit. Uh, so she went on to be uh, become a scientist, and, and and that was that was fine. But I I said I I knew because because the way I treated my dolls, and then my my godmother who was my piano teacher uh, would uh, I would stay with her during the weekday because my birthday came late, right? So my parents sent me to go to an early childhood education school so that I would not. Uh, be behind in my school because of my birthday, and so at night she would go. We would go and see her sister, who um, who had an illness, and so so I would grab the blue pad and, and give it to her when she was helping to take care of her sister when we were at her sister's home. Uh, I would get the water and and get the, her medication off the dresser. All of those things. As a four and five year old, that I would do, so I knew what what I wanted to do. But but to ask the question, so do you feel then that that we should be talking to the counselors? Like I, I Mr. Arthur and I went to predominantly black school with all black people there. So our counselors spent time with us in our eleventh grade year and our twelfth grade year, and, and helping us to find uh, scholarships and if there were any available. And, and just various things to prepare. So are you saying now that you did not see that when you were in high school and you didn't even see that when you were in college? Is that correct?
4: No, not at all. That's definitely uh, available, readily available in college, especially, not college, but in high school, especially, you know, around your junior year. You get more, uh, you start seeing your counselors more. Um, they're, they're letting you know, like, okay, it's time for, you know, it's ACT time, SAT time, yeah. you know, it's college yeah. time, inspiration yeah. yeah. time, and then get into college. You know, um, it it slacked up a little bit in college. It's not so much uh, just in your face available. It's more of you have to go find it, which is perfectly fine because it is available. You just have to go search for yeah. it. But I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, help out there to prepare you for it. What I'm saying say is that there's not support for those who, who aren't there yet. You know, we don't
3: Please, necessarily. Okay. Brea, Bri Bri like say, let me say, and I think I posted something on this, on this Sunday where this valedictorian went off on her school for, for, for the lack of, you know, for the lack of uh, actual support. And the fact that the matter is, I know from, from that, my hometown, the Ennis, uh, those type services you're talking about, those should be available to all the students. Those exactly. those counseling stuff should be hustling for all them students. But the fact of the matter is, them coaches they should be hustling for all them students. But the fact of the matter is, they turned into politics. And just like you said, you say, well, you know, it's there. You know, people are gonna look for it. No, 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 no. They should be getting banged upside the head about this is here, by those people that you're talking about. You know, and again, you know, see but they get our youngsters to thinking, Well, you know what is it? you know, it's there, you know, it's just they probably gonna look for it. No, no, no. Those people's job is to let you know that those opportunities are there. And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. they don't do it. They don't do it like they're supposed to and, and 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 again again, you know, and I'm not saying it's all racism. I'm saying it it's probably more classism probably than it is anything. But they can understand that it ain't happening for whatever for whatever ism it is. Good point.
1: Good point. Go ahead, Bree. You have more on that. Um,
4: uh, yes, I feel like, like you said, it does need to be readily available for everyone, not not necessarily just for those in, in specific classes or specific races. But what I'm referring to is that. Whenever we're getting to the point of graduation, it's it's really emphasized that by the time you walk across the stage, you should know what you want to do in life. Um, it's not it's not mentioned that it's okay that you don't know what you want to do in life. So so what I want to do in life is, you know, make sure that my peers and make sure that those you know younger than me who don't who weren't raised like I was raised who didn't have the support system that I had understand that. It's okay to take your time. It's okay that, you know, you see you see TV and you see celebrities mm. and you see those who have their life together and you see them mm. and they're the same age as you and you feel like you need to be on the same level as them. I kind of want to be that person that's like, you don't have to be there it's okay for you not to be there just yet it's okay for you to not know what you want to do for the rest of your life it's okay That that's that's the person that I want to be is to let you know people know that it is okay to not necessarily be all together because the I feel like the reason why that I am the way that I am now and that I do, you know, I do have all my, my traits that I have and things like that is not only because my mom raised me this way, it was because I was so hard on myself. I felt like, you know, I had to find a good job after college. I felt like I had to, you know, have a certain amount of money in my bank account because I felt like this sure. is what I needed at this age. I felt like I had to have a full, you know, sure-fire, concrete plan of what I'm doing after college. And it didn't do anything but stress me out. You know, it took me a minute to actually sit back in myself and say, girl, relax. You know, take your hands off of it and just let it flow. Because everything that's supposed to flow, it's going to flow right. It's going to get there (laughs) when it's supposed to get there at the end of the day. And I I just kind of want to be that reminder for my peers. I feel like that's needed, you know. That's very
3: good. I want to tell Bri to do two things. Brie, eh, eh, Bri always, look here, always, look you being hard on yourself, I understand that, but always uh, love yourself and forgive yourself. Do them two things. Mm-hmm.
1: Very mm-hmm. good. Great point, great point. But And, and not only that, uh, you can actually start out with one area, and Mr. Arthur can tell you. That and I say that my career has come full force because I, not only did I have the opportunity to work in medical, I have the opportunity to work in education, I have the opportunity to be in the military. Uh, I mean, all all aspects. I think that's what actually really pushed me to run for United States Congress, is because the things that that healthcare and all those things that we see out there, the economy, entrepreneurship all those things that we see that the congressional people are supposed to be doing in Congress and in the Senate, that those things I did in my career. So you may transition uh, to other areas, uh, but back to that, that college education. I think that, that, that college education is so crucial. And a lot of people will say, Oh, don't worry about it. If you don't have college education, but I, I can tell you this. And, and your, your mom's highly educated Mr. Arthur educated uh, me that that education opens some doors that that if you don't have a couple of characters or a character behind your name, uh, that door may not be open to you. Uh, and let so me say that's what happens.
3: I- hey, 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 and let me say what happens just to, just to piggyback on what you're saying. Basic, mm-hmm. basic what and basically happens in the in the system like like where you you're in corporate. Basically, what happens in the system is they find like. Brilliant, young black folks that can't afford to go to college. But they're still brilliant. They're still smart. They're still trained. And what they do is they take that brilliant person, and they give them two jobs. Two jobs. You know, and then they work them until they drop them, and they just go get another one. And so, and so, yeah, go get your paper so at least you can get paid for what you're worth. Because, the, because you, know, you, you know, smart, you're going to be smart whether you have a degree or not. If you're that's smart, right. you're just smart. If you're not, you're just smart. not. You, you know, mm-hmm. you got a degree that open up them doors. that shirt is talking mm-hmm. about. You know, so mm-hmm. up, you know, it gives you more, gives you more choices, give you more control exactly. over exactly. your talent
1: of your you know, career.
3: But basically, right. but yeah, yeah. So, and so that's really what a degree does. It doesn't make you smarter than anybody else. It just makes you ownership of your smartness
1: mm-hmm. more valuable. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. No, you're
1: so, because, it, because you got two smart, very, very smart uh, people, uh, and 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 then one has a degree and one does not. Guess who's going to get the position?
3: It, it, you're going to be field training field. them. You're going to be training. <laughs> you're gonna be training
1: them people. Exactly. You're going to be their trainer. hmm mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like it sounds yeah. like that you. Have your head on straight, Miss Bree, and and so so my my challenge to you is to continue to pass that on to other young folk who have not quite gotten to the point where you are. Your mother has done amazing job uh, with you, and uh, and so you have to because education and talent and skills and knowledge is not to keep but to give away. And so I can see that you want to, to prepare those students that, that maybe did not, uh, ha, were not on track, did not know what they wanted to do. Give them something to think about, even, even working with young high school students, because I, I see education very different from, from when even you were in school. And certainly when your mom and Mr. Arthur and myself uh, was in school, it, it's very different. As a matter of fact, uh, with and, and this may be the cause of the transition and the change uh, in the way that we educate people and the way sure. that people are being educated.
3: Sure, because, yeah, sure, yeah. Hey, hey, sure. Yeah, the old, yeah, sure, the old horse and buggy.
1: <laughs> the old horse and buggy. Well, well, let me let me tell you, the education. COVID nineteen uh, has changed uh, the trajectory of education, in, in my opinion. Uh, now, now, I see that people may be forced uh, to go back to school. I, I have grandchildren who my daughter and her husband both uh, were professors, and so they hired – they didn't want them to go to, to regular school at that time, so they hired a educator to come personally into their home and homeschool and teach uh, their, their three children and then they connected them to an organization of homeschoolers, and that's how they got all of their their social skills and, and all of that, the activities and so forth and the, um, uh, the uh, field trips and all the things that they went mm-hmm. on before going into private school. Then they eventually went into private school and finished in, out of Catholic school. But what I see, I see that – And even on a college level, take, for instance, if you got a military person who has got all kinds of experience in the military, then came out of the military and then did not get their degree uh, while they were in the military or whatever, and so then they decided to go to college. Well, some of that experience that they were able to use to challenge out of certain courses in the early part of, of that career. So I really see a lot of transition, a lot of changes being made in the way that people are going to be educated, and you're going to be able to use experience. You may be able to use experience that you're getting uh, to challenge out to some courses if you decide to go to the
3: master's program.
1: Dialogue a little bit on on how well, you see education. I'll, go ahead. Let me, Brie right let me
3: challenge Brie mm-hmm. right Let me uh, <laughs> challenge quick. Sorry, challenge right quickly. Yeah, look yeah. here. Bro, I want you because you just started now, so you're gonna be good. It's just like I feel like I'm appointing a point of Supreme Court justice. Uh, what I expect, what I want you to do is, I want you to focus on you know one of your focuses to be on uh, virus-free schools, virus-free schools,
2: mm-hmm.
3: because because see, mm-hmm. look, the next virus and we got the same schools. Guess what's gonna happen? Same thing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need new schools, not only technologically new schools, but we need schools that can if a virus come up, we can deal with it. That kind of school. Well, you know, what that school looks like, I don't know exactly, but I know it's out there. And I know that, you know, like your generation, y'all need to advocate for that. Mm-hmm.
1: And only, I'm glad that we were gonna to get to we're on the same track, but let me present this and then then you can move forward. This is not Covid nineteen. Is not the first virus that we've had. This is COVID 19, too. Well, this is, this is coronavirus, too. We've had other viruses. We've had MARS, and we've had SARS, we had Ebola. And so, but right. we were able to get a handle on those things. I, I, was, uh, I ran the ICU unit in the military, I ran the ICU unit, uh, intensive care unit in the civilian world. Uh, so uh, so I, I get it and I understand infectious disease is very, very well, very well. So with that being said, I like that Mr. Arthur says that we need to have uh, we need to have an environment where we're able to tackle these things so that our students will be able to continue to get their education. but, but let's talk a little bit about how you see, uh, how you see transitions in education, whether it's on a college level, whether it's on a regular uh, primary, secondary education level. Tell us your thoughts.
4: Uh, honestly, I know with me being in school, a lot of the issues that um, a lot of me and my peers would talk about was that we felt like our, our our professors and our teachers, they, they weren't there for the right reasons. And being, being a student, we see that. Um, education is important. You know, we, this is something that we, we need. It, it's the basic survival tool, basically, at this point. Sure. And when you have someone who is supposed to, you know, teach you and is who, who's in a part of molding you to be the person, that your, your final form, and they don't even want to do it. It's kind of hard to, to receive that. Um, going to school, it was going to college, it was like that Our uh, the campus was sometimes focused on things that, you know, didn't need to be focused on, you know. Where, especially in high school, we would learn out of textbooks that were outdated. And we would have equipment that didn't work, but we would have new facilities. So, I just you know even even with us being students and even with us being young, we kind of saw saw the saw where where you know certain things were were lacking. I guess we can say the focus was on you know other things where it should have been more on tools to help us better ourselves, and then when we don't really get the opportunities that we deserve um it's still put on us like, Oh, well, you know, you should have been paying attention more. or Oh, you know, you you should have read more or whatever the case may be. But when reality it's, you know, it's, it's those who are supposed to teach us that,
1: that aren't really doing their job, I guess I can say. So then are you, are you saying then you're thinking that that some of the professors were there just for the money only there, there were a,
4: few professors that you will come across and that's really in any school that's just kind of like a normal conversation that you can have with a student and I'm pretty sure they can you know give you a list of professors that they know that are just kind of there just to be there not
1: necessarily the benefit the student right okay very good okay listen let me just share with you that you are an amazing young lady. I'm going to bring your mom in and and have a little dialogue with her because I I want her to know that she has done an outstanding job in rearing you. And I am so proud uh, to hear and see that that just tells me more. Your story tells me more about your mother. Uh, And I remember the very, very first day that we met. Never shall forget it. And so we've been sisters in arms. We were already sisters in arms, but we've been tight as a drum ever since. And so, Professor LaRonda, can you come in and dialogue with us? We have just so enjoyed uh, having your daughter. In these last few minutes, we're going to bring you in and talk a little bit about uh, you and and the great work that you've done with your daughter. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good evening you to you. Thank you. Listen, Hi. let me just tell you that I am so impressed with this young lady, and I, I'm going to enjoy seeing what where she's going to take us in the next two or three years. Uh, we talked. Yes. Uh, you,
2: you uh, go ahead. Go ahead. And yes, you know, thank you
1: for giving her uh,
2: an opportunity to speak on your yes. show.
1: Ab- absolutely, and and not only, and we're not going to stop here because we other people that listen to our show in the uh, East Texas area, in the Tyler in Smith County area in particularly, uh, because we have TV people that listen to us each week, and so we want her to also uh, be a part of our Thursday show. She, this young lady is on the ball, and so uh, she actually is an excellent example uh, for other young folks. There are other young folks who listen to this show. They're listening right now tonight. And uh, and they've sent uh, text messages saying, you know, she's right on point. She's right on point. I mean, she is just outstanding. And so I just wanted to uh, hear a couple of things uh, from you of of how you perceived her as a child growing up. And she's told us she was. And so, mom, you tell us, uh, did did you recognize at a very young age that you have this uh, this very smart young lady? Very precocious, that would grow up to be uh, outstanding as she is. Go ahead. Yes, yes.
2: And I first, allow me to say, I'm um, I'm so very proud of the young lady that she's becoming. Uh, as a child, you know, I raised her to be very independent, and she showed from the beginning that she was above her, above her years. Uh, she mentioned that uh, she was really around other children as a child she was more so around adults so she kind of gravitated to that mindset that always set her above uh, and beyond the other children uh, within her age group
1: I I can believe that I, I had a daughter just like that as I said my daughter was was a, a, by herself for five years, so obviously she was around adults, and you can tell that she uh, she has that maturity level because you would never think that she is age that she is right now, because you, every subject that we gave to her, it, there was no hesitation. She jumped right in there and and, and gave us uh, strong information. She gave us wisdom, and so it's just yes. so obvious that you have imparted. Uh, that uh, type of lifestyle on her. The so one thing that I forgot to ask her uh, is that how she enjoyed uh, having her mom uh, as a veteran and, and as a, a military career woman. And so, uh, so is- I'm about go ahead. I'm going to ask her that question, and then we're going to come back to you, Mom. Go ahead, We I forgot that was something that I forgot to ask you, how you felt about your mom being um, a great warrior that she is.
4: I actually, I love bragging about her. Uh, I find myself whenever I'm away from her and I'm with my friends or I'm just, you know, with other people, I find myself talking about her a lot. And sometimes I feel like I have to kind of stop myself because I don't want people to be like, okay, is all she going to do is talk about her mom? But, I mean, she's done so much, you know. She yeah. she was in the military for 21 years. She worked at the prison for nine years. She was a yeah. child abuse investigator. For five years she was a high school teacher you know now she's yeah. a college professor you know she has yeah. a very extensive, you know resume so I love writing yeah. on her and you know just seeing the things that she's done it kind of it, it motivates me to you know not necessarily she's never she's never been that mom where just because she did it I have to do it but she motivates me to be successful on my own level um be successful in my own way And so I see her, and I see how independent and, you know, how strong she is. Um, I see her work ethic. I see how she networks. I see how she moves. And it just makes me want to do the same thing, but just in my own way. That's beautiful.
1: That's outstanding. I love that. So, Professor uh, Hamilton, go ahead and tell us, share with us anything that you want to share with us that perhaps your daughter have not shared with us that you think that the audience needs to know about.
2: Uh, I guess one thing, and I'm not sure if she mentioned it or not. I think at one point during her childhood, she she thought that she was getting tough love, but <laughs> I was only preparing her preparing her for the world. Uh, there's one yeah. story, real quick, uh, when I was teaching her how to ride a bike, and we were in the backyard, and she fell off. And I told her to get up and get back on it, and she's <laughs> like, "You don't even care that my knee is bleeding." <laughs> but <laughs> from gonna... that day forward, she learned how to ride that bike. You know, I didn't yeah. pick her up and and you know and and cater to her. You know, you get up and you get back on it, and you try again. And that's pretty much how I I raised her uh, yeah. to be that strong, independent. Uh, black woman that she was going to grow into.
1: Beautiful. That's how I say. I love this story. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. And, and you know something that that I see uh, from generations to generations, just exactly, Bree, what your mom just said, we heard it from our mothers and our grandmothers, and I'm sure that Mr. Arthur can say that he heard it from his grandparents who reared him. And, and all of the village uh, information I, I have to talk about uh, the fact of the village that uh, and, and Mr. Arthur and I have said this a lot of times that even if, if you were out uh, in the community away from around your parents and, uh, and someone in the village uh, saw that they needed to guide you in a certain direction uh, that was always okay uh, with your parents, uh, because it was the village that helped uh, to make sure that we all got where we need to be. That village could have uh, included our educators in, in public schools. And I tell this story a lot, and then I'm going to give this story. I'm going to continue with you. But I tell this story all the time that my my parents used to call our the educators in public schools. I, I'm a, a public school and, and my parents used to call them professors, and so we we learned later on down the line uh, because your mom is a professor, so we learned later on down the line that our parents were actually uh, preparing us uh, for the mindset of college uh, because the the educators they didn't call them educators, they didn't call them teachers, they called them professors and because that's what we have on the college level, right. So they were gearing us toward the mindset of college and so forth. But Mr. Arthur, do you have any comments before we go back to Mom and let let her have the last few minutes of of talking about her daughter? It's just been a pleasure uh, to have Miss Bree on uh, with us tonight, Mr. Arthur. Anything?
3: Well, I just want to say that yeah, I think you did a you did a great job. So, you should be proud, you. you know, what she's uh, done at this point. So, I should just stay focused with her, get her focused. Now, of course, you know, it was revealed that she might want a brother or a sister. But anyway, besides <laughs> that, got everything going in the right direction. No chance.
1: Say what, okay? We don't need to reveal that, do we? we? It wasn't revealed by you, right, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> Professor said it wasn't revealed by her. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> I oh wasn't included goodness. on that. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. So, any 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 final things that that you'd like to share with us uh, about uh, Miss Bree for the next five minutes, and then we're gonna uh, we, we're gonna hear from Mom, and then we're gonna we're gonna end with uh, Miss Bree because I tell you, we we have a task in front of us, and and that's a film because we want to see. We want to see her in, in that film and to cover whatever issues that, uh, that she wants to cover. And we're talking about what's going on in the world around us. There's so much that can be documented. I tell people now, if you want to write a book, now's the time to write that book. Uh, make a, awareness of, of what's going on uh, post-George uh, Floyd. Uh, Brianna Taylor, we can just go down the line, Sandra Bland, we can name off uh, Eric Garner, we can name off so many uh, people so now is the time to document document, document uh, I say this all the time that if we and your mom is actually, you already know this she, she's involved in uh, the African American history uh, here in, in East Texas and if we don't put our own history on paper, it's either, either not going to be told or it's going to be told incorrectly so the way we correctly tell our history is that we write it ourselves. So we're going to be looking for that, Vienna. But um, but we're going to go back to uh, Professor. To share with us uh, what you teach uh, and and where you you teach, and if you're ready for the students to come back into the classroom and how that's going to take place uh, right now, uh, because that's the big discussion across this nation, right? Is is should the students be in this in the classroom, or should they be on Zoom or a virtual uh, education? If they should be online or hybrid, share with us what's going to happen at your at your college.
2: Okay. Uh, again, I teach criminal justice at Tyler Junior College. Uh, this semester, I will be teaching Introduction to Criminal Justice, Criminal and Corrections. Um, I'm teaching. I will be teaching all three aspects of a delivery method, and that space is hybrid as well as as online. Uh, the thing that um, I was dreadful for, you know, is that it's been talked about before that we actually had some positive cases on uh, on campus it reassured us that they have taken every measure uh, to social distance, you know, instead of having thirty students in the classroom, they're dropping our numbers to fifteen and to eighteen where they can be one student per table. Uh, what I'm not sure, and I will find out more uh, until next week, because faculty returns on the seventeenth and the students are to return on the twenty fourth is uh, about the mask, or, you know, do they have up a shield where we will be teaching? from behind, you know, would it be a requirement, you know, for the students to have on a mask at all times, you know, throughout the whole hour and 15 um, minutes of class. So I'll let it feel kind of unknown uh, to us again until we return uh, next week. I do know students are wanting to return uh, face-to-face, uh, which is why I believe that they're pushing forward with uh, – to do face-to-face, regardless of what the other two uh, colleges are doing here. So it's, it's going to be a trial and error uh, beginning on the
1: 24th uh, when the students return. Wow. Okay. So you're going to do all three. So how you does it depend upon what the course is as to which one? How do you decide – how are you deciding which ones are going to be hybrid classes and which ones are going to be regular online classes and which ones are going to be in the classroom? Does it depend upon what the course is as to which one? Uh, that is a decision that our
2: department chair made, you know, but the students will decide on what methods they want, whether they want it face-to-face, they want it hybrid, or they want it online. Uh, they actually added additional set class sessions where they will have a variety of choices of which class and what
1: method they choose to um, go with. I see. I see. Okay. You know, I I didn't, at first, when I went back to get my degrees in, in political science, I didn't think that I liked hybrid classes. And so I found out that I really did because I could sit right here uh, sit at my house and uh, at my office in front of my mm-hmm. computer and and watch. It was actually just like being there. As, as a matter of fact, I like hybrid classes better than regular online classes because you can actually see that professor. So it feels more like you're in the classroom, right? If you can actually but hybrid, have. yes, you know, hybrid mm-hmm. is one day in class
2: and the okay. remaining of instruction uh, via online uh within that uh, department uh, kinda of being a guinea pig with hybrid <laughs> you know okay. started out with me you know to see how it will work and you know the numbers have been really high, you know, last semester, uh spring semester I had twenty three in my hybrid class and it was even on a Friday and there are not many classes on a Friday. You know, but to think that many signed up for my class, you know, uh for the hybrid method it was
1: Wow! Very, <laughs> very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yes. yes, that's a great way. That's that's what I mean by the fact that education is going to look very, very different uh, post-COVID uh, pandemic. Yes. Uh, that that the fall semester ahead, and we we understand that that the students and the parents uh, want their children in school. Uh, we understand the effect. That it would have on our economy if um, if it if it continues as is. But by the same token, as a medical uh, professional, I, I want to make sure that that we don't continue to have uh, Americans dying. Uh, we know that some of the students went back uh, to school in what Florida and went back in Georgia, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of uh, cases right that uh, right. took place. After that, so so what you're saying is that you won't have uh, many. that's what you're saying? Is that what? Is that right?
2: What 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 I'm
1: saying is they dropped the number of enrollment
2: per class. Uh, right. Added additional sessions, uh, so our classes won't be uh, overfilled and out of the social distancing capacity. Um, sure. But looking at my classes now, you know, all of them are pretty much topped out um, with 18 uh, with the max. And one class, max, I think, is 23 uh, in one of our larger classrooms. And so um, they're still signing up for face to face classes. <laughs> oh, regards- my goodness. <laughs> well, we'll, yeah. What do you, we'll, te- we'll, what
1: we'll, do you what teach?
3: What do you teach?
1: Criminal justice. justice.
3: What do you, criminal justice. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Okay, we're going to give this last couple of minutes. Thank you, Mom, for coming in. Once again, we salute you for the great work that you've done with Lady Bree, And uh, we're going to get that last couple of minutes with 958 now. We have had an amazing time with her on. We're going to give her the last couple of minutes of anything that she has to say to us. And then we're going to listen to our theme song, and then we're going to call it an evening. Thank you so very much for coming and joining us. Really? Go ahead, Ms. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to thank
4: you guys for having me on. Um, this was a great opportunity for me and I'm so very thankful for it. Um, I'm glad you thought to invite me on and I look forward to being on again. I look forward to talking with you guys again. This was, I enjoyed this. This was nice.
1: And thanks to your mother. And so, my final thing before I before we end, uh, and Miss Rihanna will take us out, is that silence is not an option. Use your voice out there. You have you're brilliant. Oh, you have God. a lot of Blugged value. USA.
0: Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in. Uh-uh.
1: And now we hear our theme song. Go ahead, Miss Rihanna. Have a good night.
3: Hi, Rihanna. Bye,
0: one day when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be. Strong. Man, woman and child Even Jesus got his crown In front of a crowd They marched with the torch We gon' run with it now Never look back We done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads He rose, To become a hero Facing the league of justice His power was the people Enemy is lethal A king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow Under a bald ego. The biggest weapon